Thanks for tuning in to Andrea in the Morning. This is Andrea Raquel, the social entrepreneur and sugar-free coach. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in and following. I hope you've liked our page on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash sugar-free coach, as well as on Twitter. You can catch me on Twitter at sugar-free coach. I will follow back and reciprocate. I always do. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Andrea Raquel, the social entrepreneur and sugar-free coach, and you are listening to another episode of the Living Sugar-Free Lifestyle Show, Andrea in the Morning. This is our business wellness episode in our wellness series, and my co-host today is Lee Grissom. She is the amazing author of KLS 9 and Saber 6 and the soon-to-be-released Eden One, and she's a good friend, come to be a good friend over the months and uh, hopefully long into the future. I just love me some her. Thank you so much for being here, Lee. Well, thank you for having me, beautiful. How are you doing? I'm so good, girl. It is just a wonderful life. I can't even complain. I, you know, I could, but what good would it do me? <laughs> we'll save it for the blooper reel. <laughs> Y'all, the stuff we say off air. I, I'm not, I'll deny all of it. Are you, ever of it. Concerned, are you ever concerned that somebody is going to catch you on a live audio like they do people, you know, and, and put and air their stuff live? Uh, not with you, no. I'm, you know, I'm, I, well, you know what? Not with you, I'm not either. And I'm not usually with most people. Now, I have been a couple of times, y'all. I have had to get with somebody before, like really like give them a piece of my mind and not in such a ladylike way, not even in a Southern hospitality type of way, not even in a bless your heart type of way. Like, I mean, like a few F-bombs and whatnot. And thought, dang, if they were um, recording that, I guess the whole world is going to know that I, I can I can go there if somebody really wants to take me there. And if I feel like it and if I'm in the mood and if the subject is important and crucial enough, you know, I usually right. try not to get that. I usually try not to care that much where anybody can ever take me there. But sometimes you you got to give people to what for. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. Just know if you've never heard me do that, I can do that. And Lee can do that, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wouldn't cross you on a bet. You know what? I wouldn't cross your ass either. I... <laughs> <laughs> Somebody told me one time um, I was dating this guy and he was a sniper in the military. And um, you know how whenever you're like out, you're looking all cute and guys try to hit on you and you're like, you know, I'm married or whatever. And they're like, well, I don't see your man here or whatever. And I was like, you don't see him, but he might be in the bushes. <laughs> I was like, he was a sniper. And he was like, and him and all his friends started ducking like, oh, that's you. I ain't playing. Oh, that's, he might not want to you. might be in the bushes. <laughs> you might come out the bushes like a sniper. You know, if it's somebody I care about, I absolutely would. Mm-hmm. I know. If you guys haven't read KLS 9 and Saber 6, 
then you probably have no idea why I'm saying what I'm saying to this little sweet little lady right here. But y'all, this lady's mine. Boy. <laughs> I ain't even going to lie, y'all. Sometimes the writing community will post jokes, you know, about like how, you know, if if the feds ever like search or look through their search history or whatever, it was just research. It was just research. It's just a book. (laughs) But, you know, you have to think about that. You have to think about it. Wait a minute. This person like actually wrote this. That means they like actually thought about these 12 ways to kill me that they just wrote about in this book. I probably shouldn't mess with them. <laughs> but people don't know, I guess. I don't know. They don't know that we have these secret twisted mind vaults that we have that we keep certain rooms locked up so that we don't just flip out on people who really actually deserve it. But we just can't go around flipping out on people. No, no. I keep checking the laws and they, they still frown on all that. Something. I, oh. I, I don't know. I don't know, though. I don't know how long that's going to last, though. I do feel like we might be moving towards a purge society. Come here, Fifi. Come be part of the show. Come on. Oh, don't tell me. Don't tell me that, because that's going to make the Christmas dinner at work a lot more fun. Well, can you visualize it? Do you think that we ever would? Do you think that that would be like a solution to, you know, the crime or whatever, you know, whatever justification they give for this craziness? But I'm just saying, I think it's kind of crazy. But I could see us doing it. I mean. You know, the crazy part about it is I could, too. I really could. And it's it's a scary thing to think about. Isn't it? Yeah, that's why my nine is never far from me. Here's the thing. If you don't participate, then you're not really like, uh, you know, being a valued member of society or whatever. So we would be forced to participate and then we would be really good at it. And then like people would still be mad at us. So I feel like it might be kind of a setup. <laughs> yeah, I like, think so. I'm sure there's plenty of people that might want to purge me. I don't know. I don't know that I've done anything to anybody that extreme where they would go out of their way to risk their lives going out on purge night to come get me. But um, I don't know. I feel like I would do a really good job of staying safe and being strategic about it. And I'm, I mean, I, I do know a few things about, you know, survival and strategy and tactics and stuff. So, I mean, We'll do all right, but I wouldn't want it to happen because I wouldn't want to have to do that to people. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. And the the way things are headed right now, it would be a complete bloodbath. Wouldn't it? Like, like almost nothing would be left. Like, like, I mean, a huge percentage of society would probably be wiped out by the next day. What in the world would the cleanup be like? Expensive. blood and all them bodies you know they didn't I don't recall them writing anything like that into any of the movies I I watched a couple of them I don't recall them because usually ends like by the next morning I don't recall them writing anything into the cleanup that would be an insane amount of cleanup yeah yeah it really would um and you might have just gotten a psychic insight on the first part of Eden one ooh y'all I mean, somebody's got to clean up the mess. And you know what? A lot of times when we see these, uh, 
uh, okay, so you know how they, uh, these, these hugely twisted um, conspiracy plot movies oftentimes, and you guys got to know this happens in real life too, just I'm a documentary head. So all you got to do is go watch some of these documentaries where things have been de- declassified. And you find out that oftentimes the spearhead to whatever the devastation was is some organization or person that's going to benefit from the outfall or from the fallout or from the cleanup or from the, whether it's a security company or a vaccination company or food and drug, whatever, or whatever, whatever the thing is, whatever the thing is. So in a purge, if we see, if we trace the paper trail and whoever is, I guess, lobbying or advocating it is going to be whoever people are in the business of cleaning up what bodies after <laughs> mass slayings, I guess. And we do have organizations like that because who else cleans up when we make war and and stuff like that? Yeah, exactly. You don't push them off to the curb and just wait for them to wash away. Right. Yeah, it's not like snow. Yeah, exactly. And you got to dispose of bodies properly because otherwise now you've got a whole nother issue and you've got disease and, and plague and things like that. Mm-hmm. So exactly, exactly. You just covered about the first three chapters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop talking about purpose now, you guys. We're supposed to be talking about wellness, y'all. I'm so sorry, but I'm just saying these are reasons why we might not want to go to a purge. But you know, okay, so my, I was being silly which I'm not very good at sarcasm, y'all. That's why people like me don't really make jokes. Y'all think we don't have a sense of humor. We do. It's just dark. And usually the stuff we say, nobody's going to laugh at. So we learn to just shut up and not make jokes. <laughs> Unless we're in certain company. <laughs> and I got my homegirl with me now. I, 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 I got your back. Okay, I, so. My point was that I was making is that probably the reason that we and people like us aren't likely to just snap, go postal, flip out and kill people who sometimes seem like they deserve it is because we do have those types of minds and sense of humor where we can come up with some of the most outlandish, crazy scenario immediately, right? And they'll play it all the way out. And I'm sorry, like, A, there's no exit strategy for any outlandish behavior. But B, I just don't have energy for all that. That's a lot. Oh, it is. Oh, my God. That's a lot of work. Like, kidnapping people or, like, uh, like you're going to flip out and kill your spouse or something. Or or even, like, oh, even, even scenarios where it's like, oh, my God, I can't take it anymore. It's the last straw at the VA or whatever. And I'm going to get a bomb or some crazy thing like that or whatever. I, that's a lot of work, y'all. It's enough for me to just do my hair and get myself <laughs> to go to the VA, let alone planning some mass strategy once I get there. That's a oh, lot. It really is. It really is. Hey, I don't care that much about y'all people. If you want to be mean and nasty to me behind the counter, I don't care that much. My situation's going to work out anyway. Might not work out like I wanted to, but it's going to work out better than yours is because you being nasty. <laughs> well, you know, the way I look about look at it is, you know, you would, you know, karma's going to bring them the best they deserve. That's right. You know, and if it's, you know, falling under the front end of a fast moving bus. Well, if that's the best, that's the best. What can you do? That's right. That's right. That's right. 
I might not have the energy to come back and go postal on you. Like that's my voice. Yeah. Just you know, and and I'm and that's good enough for me. Like, and I think that that is a huge. I think that's a huge part in staying sane, if you will. You know, we all have our moments. Whether whether you're on the spectrum somewhere, you have some type of diagnosis, whatever. Or whether you are quote unquote normal, but you just maybe you're a woman and you have your monthly crazy. Maybe you're just a regular human and you got stress in life or PTSD or whatever. A huge, 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 like major thing towards maintaining balancing your life is thinking stuff through. Go on and think it through all the way. Go on and think through how that person that you hate so much, you're going to do whatever to you, but make sure you think all the way through to the exit strategy of how you're going to get away. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when you get to that point, that should be the point where you go, oh, never mind, I don't feel like it. Yeah, yeah, because usually by then they've done something dumb to themselves and you don't have to. That's right. That's right. Because I've come to realize that just because it's the right thing to do isn't good enough. Like, that's not, it's not, it's like, um, it's unrealistic to just lecture people about doing the right, like not repaying evil for evil. And, you know, because for unfortunately, a lot of the times the people who are on like this road of self-discovery and doing the right thing and mental health and being the change and, you know, all that kind of stuff, those people, very people are oftentimes targets. And so people like that have a laundry list of reasons why they could retaliate or be bitter or get back at somebody or just whatever. One thing be the straw that broke the camel's back. Like, don't get to the point where there is a straw that can break the camel's back. Like, don't let the camel's back be so loaded down that one straw can break it. I guess that's what I'm saying. You know, like, so, you know, on an ongoing basis, you know, not being too wound up tight in the shorts and laughing and joking with your friends. And, (laughs) you know, I always ask my friends, do I need to come beat somebody up? You know, realistically, you probably can't visualize me coming to beat somebody up. And you probably wouldn't want me to. And, you know, I might go to jail and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But just that, like, lightheartedness about it is sometimes enough to break the tension and the stress and it also too exercises that human instinct to want to beat somebody up it really does it really does ah and I always advocate keeping a journal for moments like that because if you write it out just the the physical act it'll help it'll help unclean you know it helps my knuckles to stop itching Yep. So that I don't end, you know, I don't end up cracking somebody in the jaw. Yep. Yep. If you're a, if you're a musician, you know, you can write songs, poetry, you can write poetry. If you're a writer, write out a story, whatever the thing is that you're feeling, write it out. Like she said, you might become a writer by just writing out, you know, whatever it is you feel like writing when somebody pisses you off. Now I'd highly suggest you putting a, um, title or cover on this journal and like really go into it and don't write it like you keeping a formula on how you're going to kill people because yeah if it looks if it looks like a manifesto they're going to use it against you eventually yes i'm saying you might get famous and somebody might decide to frame you i'm just saying you know (laughs) 
part about it. But, um, you know, seriously, though, writing stuff out like that and talking it out and having a healthy, um, a healthy, um, what's the word I'm trying to say, Lee? Um, sense of humor about it. Yes. It, it, it could keep you from hurting somebody or yourself or getting fired or whatever. It really can because trying to act like you all perfect and nothing makes you mad and nothing gets under your skin all the time, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, that is very true. Right? Some people act like they're not even allowed to be mad. You ever say something or like apologize to somebody or say something about somebody being mad and then they almost like they almost like they get mad because you're saying they're mad. Like, I'm not mad. You know, and it's like, why are you yelling? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I I have had that happen and I can call them out on their body language. It's like, really, why are you vibrating if you're not mad? <laughs> People think I'm mad all the time when I'm not mad, but people who know me and be like, no, she loud like that all the time, or she, no, she's just high strung or whatever. But you visually are like calm or sitting down and then you start crossing your arms and standing up and pacing and raising your voice. No, don't, don't say you're not mad when you're mad. Cause it's almost like we've been conditioned to not be allowed to be angry. You know, so people pretend to not be angry when they are until they can't keep it in no more. Yeah, it's that's very true. My I go the opposite way. If I go if I go quiet, polite and professional. Go find somewhere else to be. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. That's that because when Sadly, if, if I get if I get quiet. It, yeah. If I get quiet, Sadly, I'm done. Sadly, that's why I think that's why probably autistic people are so dangerous, because sadly, I'm not that predictable. I'm more of a mirror type of person and I'm more subject to be either on my all the way on my sort of aspie zone out sort of thing or on my sort of mirror social butterfly facade thing or whatever. So it's hard to say, like I might get quiet. But it's not because anything happened at all other than I just zoned out. <laughs> Squirrel, you know, I got sidetracked or I got lost in the thought or just got bored with whatever <laughs> is going on in the room and got lost in thought, you know. But uh, but I do, though. I do. I absolutely will. Like if you're a close person and I'm in a one on one dialogue type of situation, I absolutely will get quiet if the conversation is too abrasive or argumentative. Like if I notice with certain people, like I'm having a hard time getting a word in or making my point without being attacked or whatever, various scenarios, I get quiet. Right. I hear you. And so ultimately zone out, go somewhere else so that I don't end up offended, you know, but yeah, that's, that's, um, hmm. that's a good way to, not say something that you'll regret regret is to just get quiet and sort of guard your words at that point. Oh yeah. I, I completely slam a wall down on mine and it's total, you know, yes, ma'am. Absolutely. You have a good day. Now you hear. Mm-hmm. Cause clearly you don't want the real me. So let me just give it to you by the book. <laughs> exactly. 
So we were talking last time. We were talking about taking walks when people rub you the wrong way. And um, I've been doing that since we talked about it. Oh, yeah. Get up and take a lap. It, it helps every time. Yeah, because that's what they used to say in the military, take a lap. Because um, by the time you finish running, <laughs> you're too tired to be upset. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've been doing that since we talked about that. And um, it's uh, it's not just, I mean, you know, I already knew it's a good thing to do for you. Because by the time you finish, you, but it's good for that other person. Like, somebody's like attacking you or like trying to antagonize you or whatever and you tell them that you're going to take a walk (laughs) when you come back they usually have changed their tune it's not just that you distracted your own self but you kind of also made that person realize pushing you to a limit yeah (laughs) have i told you the mail cutter story Uh uh-uh well, sometimes the taking the walk, <laughs> you step back inside the trash trucks, Roman. Um, sometimes taking a walk keeps me from offending somebody because the snark level is going to come out and I can't stop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was at work. This has been a while back and there was a very young lady in the room with me. And she asked me for the mail cutter. I I wasn't in the mood. I said, the what? Uh, Can I borrow the mail cutter? Sweetie, do you mean the letter opener? Mm -mm, Girl, I'm sitting here trying to figure out what you're talking about. I'm sitting here going, what? I was thinking, like, one of those big paper cutters, maybe? (laughs) I said, is it the letter opener? And I held it up and she got so mad at me. I don't know what it's called. I said, apparently. And I handed it to her and I said, I'm going to take a walk. And I laughed like an idiot all the way around the building. So so, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it saves, it saves destroying, uh, it it saves destroying a millennial. (laughs) Yeah, wow. Bless her heart. Mm. <laughs> I, I came back in and she would speak for the rest of the day. Knowledge. A lot of knowledge is getting lost now. Like a lot of stuff is getting confused now um, where people are just relying on like the internet to explain things to them. And I guess because we've come so far so fast, um, You know, like the Internet, Okay, great. Copy all the encyclopedias, copy all the dictionaries, upload all the books. But what about all of the new or newer information that is sort of uh, culturally learned? Like, uh, I just can't even think of a good example right now, but uh, like there's some things that even like people Googling them, don't give them the right answer for it. It's like, if you didn't grow up just kind of knowing certain stuff, it's like being lost in translation now. And it's crazy. Mind blowing. Like recently, like multiple things have come up where I'm like, 
that's not what we used to call that, or that's not true about that thing or whatever, but because it's some newer cultural information and now they're calling it something different, the original translation of whatever it is is going to be lost. It's crazy. I can't even think of an example right now. Uh, uh, slang words. Yeah. Okay, so slang words are not going to necessarily be in the dictionary until they've been around for a long time, right? Right, right. Or if it's not in the dictionary, if it's something that everybody says, that's like historically nobody's going to necessarily remember that, but it doesn't make it any less a word that everybody uses, right? True. So this isn't a good example because this one has been in the dictionary and it does say, I think, probably since we were kids, that sometimes used as good, the word bad, right? Yes. But for, for example, let's say the word bad, let's say, you know, 10 years ago on the early advent of the internet and social media, you know, people were still saying bad uh, meant good, but nowadays... Millennials or Generation um, Z, I think the next generation even that are almost damn near adults, um, might be saying, oh, we're not using bad for good anymore. It only means bad. And so it'd be totally lost that there was a time where everybody understood that when I say, oh, that's so bad that I mean that it's really good. Do you know what I mean? Right. I understand. And it's happened like multiple times recently where I'm like, wow, that's confusing (laughs) (laughs) it it is it is I'm I'm planning a a short story about millennials and I actually had to google some of the slang because I don't get it I learned a new phrase the other day trying to go on tiktok uh bless their hearts um you remember when we were younger and you had uh I don't even know how old you are do you know how old I am uh, I think we're close. Okay, so so remember we had, you know, in the 80s, we had the Valley Girls, and of course you had the, the uh, Jocks and the Nerds, and but then you had, like, the Goth Kids, right? Oh, yeah. Then Goth evolved. And then there was the whole Vamp thing and the Emo thing, and now, as we're older... We're like a mosh of all of it where we're, we're loving the steampunk. But ultimately, a steampunk is like a mixture of various different uh, ages and cultures and all that kind of stuff. But these kids now have this thing called an e-boy. You seen that? No. Um, I got so sidetracked because I'm just trying to learn TikTok and see what to do on here. And I'm buying into the whole, because, I mean, I was on an early advent of social media when nobody wanted to get on Facebook. So you telling me that TikTok is just for kids don't mean nothing to me, because Facebook was just for kids. And if advertisers are on there, then that means it's for me, because, you know, I'm a brand. So I'm checking out TikTok. I'm trying to learn. But I instantly understood why some adults are like, I'm not going on there. It's just for kids because they're not thinking right. They're not thinking from a business standpoint, but from a user social standpoint, it could be terrifying for a grown up because it looked like some, you know, kids are vicious. So especially some teenage young adult kids that got their whole own culture that you trying to bust up into, it could be very scary. And this is just one example 
that I was like, I have no idea what they're talking about. I don't know what that means. I couldn't figure it out for nothing. I Googled it, almost couldn't figure it out. I had to like Google it three times in various ways to figure out exactly really what it was. And ultimately, that basically it means goth. (laughs) It's basically a goth kid, but they've added that it's probably a really pretty boy. Like he's really attractive. All the girls like him, but he's doing what they call thirst trapping now where he's like, throwing a pity party in hopes that somebody's going to say, oh, you need a hug or, you know, and um, and they've also added that you rarely ever see the person in real life. You only ever see them on IG or TikTok. Oh, OK. What kind of way are people raising their kids, girl? I hope these, <laughs> I hope these are some grownups like 30 and 20 who just can't let go of their youth and they looking like some teen. I hope they're not really teenagers, girl. I hope, God, I hope they're not really teenagers. I I hope so, too. It's just more reasons I only have a cat. Girl, I'm just saying, if your child is always in their bedroom, and I'm not saying this about people, period, because I'm one of them kind of people. <laughs> I got other people in my family that are them kind of people. My Most of my friends are them kind of people where you might not see us. We are some introverts. We could care less about going to a party. But you're not supposed to let your children be like that. I'm grown. I can make them kind of choices. Right. I'm a child. I have to. Okay, if you want to homeschool, great. If you homeschool, you need to make your children do some outings with other children. Do not. I don't care if they're autistic. I don't care if they're introverted. I don't care if they like don't like people. I don't care. Do not allow your child be in the house 24-7 and not make them have some type of social activity. I don't care if they fail miserably at it. If they fail miserably and come home crying every single time, make them feel better, encourage them through it, and help them how they're going to learn how to handle it next time. But it's not healthy to grow up without any social interaction and all you're doing is talking to the internet. That's not Exactly. And I mean, how not everybody can be, you know, a YouTube sensation. Exactly. And nor should you be a YouTube sensation if you're not even interacting with other human beings. Right. While you being a sensation, what are you talking about? And if you're a child and you never interact with other humans, hardly ever, what do you have to talk about besides your pitiful world? Mm-mm. Y'all don't let your children do that. That's like the making recipe for disaster. And then you look up and your child done blew up to school and you can't figure out why. Like, oh, I just don't know. Mm-mm. You don't know because they was in their room the whole time. It's Amen. Not, not healthy at all. So, yeah, y'all send me hate mail for that. I don't care. Um, moving on. I guess we should take a break, Lee. Sounds good. We are doing a show, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> y'all, it's the holidays. I mean, y'all don't mind if we just be a little casual with it, do you? I know y'all don't mind because y'all love me. Let me show you sweethearts. All right. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back after a brief message. Hi, I'm John M. Ketchum. I'm the author of The Zero's Journey, a modern day survival guide. To weathering accidental enlightenment. And you're listening to The Living Sugar Free Lifestyle Show with Andrea in the morning. 
Welcome back. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of the Living Sugar-Free Lifestyle Show. This is Business Wellness with Lee Grissom. Hey, girlfriend. Hey, darling. <laughs> Y'all, we was talking about the book over the um, break, so I'm going to try to shift gears so I'm going to say nothing I ain't supposed to say. I'm an, <laughs> I'm an insider. I am Amelia Macron. Hee hee. Hey, if y'all haven't seen my um, poster yet, y'all look for more. We'll be doing more of those. But um, that is going to be so exciting. And if you haven't read already KLS 9 and Sabre 6, you need to absolutely go and do that. You can get the um, you can go to my website, y'all, and you can click on my refers link and go on over there to Amazon and look at my um, read a book list and you will see the books right there. You can get them in ebook. You can get them in paper book paperback or you can get the um audible and, and if you're new to audible and you don't have it already you get like a little credit and you can listen to the um audiobooks for free on that i i did all three i like literally listen to the audiobooks then i read the ebook and then i got the hardbacks read the hardbacks y'all know a book is good when andrea reads it three times okay. oh you you make me happy girl it was like it was like binge watching a, a TV show or watching your favorite movie over again. Cause like literally you guys, these books come to life off the pages just that much. So you could read them repeatedly and just enjoy yourself. And there's not like a lot of books that I've read that are like that, that are just so much fun to read that you could just read them again on any given weekend. Can't wait to get the other one. Cause I'm going to start over again. Well, I need to get back to work and get that third one going. Mm-hmm. Bunny Rabbit trying to tell you something. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you haven't heard you guys Lee's testimony and the story about how she first wrote KLS9, you need to go back to the very first time she was ever on my show. Um, and we did um, a creator series. We talked all about book publishing and editing and the process and oh my goodness, y'all, it's so good. And um, to be able to hear from somebody who has done it successfully, you guys, and actually is selling books and she has great uh, marketing for her books and she has a fan club and you can just really learn a lot. And she's a sweetie pie. And if you go join the Living Sugar Free um, group, she's also a mentor over there. So um, definitely go check that out. And uh, ask my girlfriend some questions and she's going to come back and do the co-host with me again and we might just goof off some more like we're doing right now or we might have some people on an interview hey, Depends. that sounds good to me right so um we were talking on the break before you guys about thanksgiving and food and eating and um we're both people who don't usually go all out for thanksgiving um so we kind of had that in common but this year i did so um, we were talking about just, you know, getting sick around the holidays and the cold weather and what you eat. And on the last time, Lee was telling us about um, that she had quit drinking. How long ago you quit drinking, Lee? I have been sober for 14 years. So you don't drink anything at all ever? No, not even mm. socially. Yeah, she like a church lady, but not. OK, so like she's hilarious because she's like the least 
churchified down home Christian you ever want to meet in your life, right? You know how you meet people from like, you know, Texas and the South and they raised in the Bible Belt, raised in church and they be real churchified. You almost can't talk to them. She's not like that. She's like, she's like real, real down to earth, down home. But she don't drink at all. At all. My, my, my philosophy, and I had to, I had to to save my own life. If I can't stop at one, then I can't start at one. Mm-hmm. That's good. So, well, some friends, some other friends of mine who used to drink and party and do whatever other things that they did individually on their own, just not the same exact stories of each, you know, everybody got their own different story. But um, another friend of ours was listening to them talk and asking them how they quit. And they were like, well, I just quit. When I decided that I was going to quit, I just quit. And so then this other friend kept on asking, oh, but how, but how, but how? You also, too, just quit, didn't you, my friend? I did. Mm-hmm, that's what I thought. So, y'all, I'm not trying to minimize anybody's struggle. I promise I'm not. I'm not. And maybe for some people, you guys, it's more chemical. I know that different people have different genes that impact them differently when it comes to various drugs and alcohol and different stuff. And that's just anything, y'all. Just know that, y'all. I'm a firm believer. Everybody doesn't stay awake all night just because they drank some coffee. Everybody doesn't, you know, have an addiction to alcohol. Everybody doesn't get sleepy when they smoke marijuana. Everybody doesn't, you know, uh, isn't addicted to sugar. Everybody doesn't get a sugar rush. Everybody, pain pills don't help everybody. Um, You know, ibuprofen and aspirin or whatever, I could go on and on and on. My point is, is that um, physicians do uh, uh, prescription, can't remember what the medical term is. I'm not that kind of doctor. But if you go to the doctor and you get a prescription for something, they're testing. Because even they know that whatever they give you is not going to necessarily affect you the same way it affected somebody else. Right. So they give you one thing and that don't work for you. So they give you something else or that don't work for you. They increase the dose or they lower the dose. They add this and that and other. So you guys, I'm not minimizing anybody's struggle when I say this. However, (laughs) because of the people that I know that have struggled with alcoholism, that have told me I just quit. And the other people that I have watched go, well, how you do that? Well, how you do that? Well, how you do that? Same way. When I tell people stop eating sugar and dairy and they go, oh, that's easier said than done. What do I? <laughs> Same thing. If you're making a list of arguments and assumptions and questions before you even try, your biggest issue is that you don't really want to. Yeah, I'm going to say that again. Y'all don't take what I said and say that I said all people can just quit alcohol. I'm not saying that. You might need the 10-step program. I don't know, 12-step, whatever, however many numbers it is. What I'm saying is, if the very first thing you do is start making a list of objections and obstacles and a list of reasons and why you can't do it, then your biggest problem is that you don't want to. I'm just saying. 
Because if I had somebody in front of me that had just quit something that I felt like I wanted to quit, I wouldn't be sitting there arguing with the person or telling them how it's easier said than done or whatever lip service. So just that's the difference. You know, you might have a chemical issue or dependency or whatever on whatever thing. But if all you're doing is giving lip service at first, then that means your head is your biggest issue. That's very true. It really is. Just saying. (laughs) So, Lee, what was the thing that we were talking about that day when we were on here the other day and you said something? Oh, I know what you said. You were, was it Tao? No, it was Wiccan. Wicca. Yes. You read something. I forget, girl, because a lot of them say the same thing. That's why I'd be like, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, that too. Um, you were reading about when do no harm doesn't just mean to others and all living things, but you're part of that too. And do no harm. Exactly. Yeah. Do, you know, harm none includes yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. And you know what? I was just telling somebody the other day that it's futile, futile, excuse me, futile to argue with somebody about their diet and health, if you help them in the other areas that have to do with self-care, self-love, self-focus, growth, improving their life, whatever, the other part will just come. Because just like you said, doing no harm means do no harm, including to yourself. Well, improving your life, growing your life, doing self-care, you know, all that kind of stuff has to come also too, eventually down to, oh, you know what, let me start walking. Oh, let me start eating healthier. Oh, you know, or whatever. You know, so instead of, you know, just, it's got to come for different people in different ways, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, you might want your family member to start a business or write a book or start a podcast or whatever thing, you know, you might, all the stuff we talk about, you might be thinking, oh, I wish my spouse would come listen to them so we can, whatever. Everybody has to come to all this different stuff in their own way. And so it's like if you meet people where they are, with whatever the thing is that they're focused on, oftentimes that's the pathway to get them to the next level of whatever else too. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I've run into, you know, telling someone not to do something guarantees they'll do it. Guaranteed. (laughs) Shoot, even me. Hmm. Hmm. Guess what? Tell me that I can't do something. I dare you to tell me I can't do it. Tell me that I shouldn't, really. If you're a person that I don't really value your opinion and you're coming across to me as a hater or something, or you don't really, you're not really vested, I'm going to go do exactly the thing you said. I'm going to probably research it and find out and whatever, but that's just a very bad idea. It's just a very bad idea to tell anybody ever that they should. If you're right, then you should be able to present them some options where they're going to come to the same conclusion, right? Exactly. And maybe they won't. And so what? Well, you know, it's their it's their decision. You know, I I know someone who's deep into the alcohol right now. Mm. 
and you can scream at him all day long to stop. You, you have to stop. Mm-hmm. You, you have to stop. You have to stop. He'll pour another one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, because if you do that, you just made him that much more anxious where he feel like he need another one. Exactly. And so mm-hmm. the last time that he and I talked, I said, you know, and he was going on about, you know, he kept asking me, you know, are you still sober? Well, yeah, of course I'm still sober. I'm not going to screw up 14 years worth of work. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, he said, well, you, you probably hate me. And I said, no, I don't. I said, I don't hate you at all. I said, but I said, I'm going to tell you one thing and we're going to change the subject. And what is it? I said, I've seen the good man underneath the alcohol. Mm-hmm. I and I said, I miss him. Mm-hmm. And then I changed and then I changed the subject. Now, did it get to him? I don't know. I hope so. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You, you, whether it did or didn't, your very presence, it was enough because that's why he thought he was mad at you. Even though you're not mad at him, you're not judging him, your very presence was convicting to him because clearly you're somebody who he values your opinion and you know wants to present a certain image around you. So just by the nature of spending time with you, it impacted him. Well, there was a, a gentleman that used to mow our yard. Oh, gosh, it's been probably 10 years ago. And I explained to him when I hired him because I knew he drank. I could smell it on him. I said, Ugh. I don't ca- I said, I don't. I said, you do you even before that saying ever existed. I said, but you don't do it here. Mm-hmm. I said, you come up here and I even so much as smell it on the air. I'm pitching you off my property. Uh-huh. And he thought I was kidding. Uh-huh. And he showed up completely lit. And I said, pack it up. But I need my, I said, no, you don't. You need to leave. And he packed it up and he left and he didn't get three blocks from our house. He was arrested. Mm. And it was nine years. I guess he got nine years. He got longer than that, but he served nine. And I guess it's been about eight months, eight eight or nine months ago. Guess who shows up at my door? Mm. And this is proof. This is proof it works. I didn't recognize him. I opened the door and he said, you don't remember me, do you? Looked good, haircut, nice new pair of glasses. I mean, I had no clue who he was until he spoke. Mm. I said, it can't be. And he said, it is. He said, now look at me real close. I said, my God, you're sober. He said, I needed you to know I heard you. Mm. Of course, I lost it. Standing on my porch, I completely lost it. He cried. I, I know cried. you did, girl. Yeah. And he, I, I said, you came all the way back over here. He said, I had to. He said, I had to tell you I heard you. He said it mm. took two. He said it took a while to sink in. I said it sank. At, it sank in at the right time. Mm. You know. He, I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "Well, he said I've got a job, got my own place." He said, "Do you need your yard mode?" I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, go on, son." But it does work. Now it may take time, but it does work. Yes, that's so good, you guys. Now listen. 
I brought that up because, you know, we're talking about the holidays and we're talking about staying healthy. And, you know, we talk a lot about dairy and sugar because I'm the sugar-free coach and that's just my testimony. But like I always tell y'all, whatever your thing is, you might be a vegetarian, you might be gluten-free because you have to be or whatever your thing is. We're not beating anybody over the head. I just thought it was important to bring this up. Because if y'all remember the last time, Lee was talking about bronchitis, y'all. And it wasn't, we were on the break, and I was asking her, because I was like, okay, so it was just Thanksgiving the other day. Most people are coughing, hacking. Not most people, but a lot of people, listen. I've talked to a lot of people, bumped into a lot of people. A lot of people get snotty around this time. And so I was asking her what she ate you know, for Thanksgiving and what I ate. And it turns out we're both people who don't really do all that a lot and go all out. It just depends on what's going on. So I'm not snotty and she not snotty. So I'm like, what'd you eat? She said, well, I didn't really do all that or whatever. So I was like, well, when's the last time, you know, what time of year, when does it usually come? She's like, oh, I don't know. It comes and goes and whatever. I was like, well, you ain't been sick since I've known you. (laughs) She was like, well, I was like, it wasn't in the summertime probably. She haven't had it at all this year, y'all. It's about to be a whole nother year. So that's 365 days without bronchitis, you guys, from somebody who gets it periodically every so many months. Now, we didn't plan this. I didn't have her on no kind of diet regimen. She is not endorsing living sugar-free. This conversation just came up, and I just put two and two together, okay? She gave up alcohol. She did that some years ago. And since she gave up alcohol, that is a huge amount of sugar that she doesn't intake into her body anymore, y'all. So even just that, and then you guys, we talked before, and she told you about all her little healthy things she does. So all that, I'm sure, added to it as well. But you guys, I have a hard time talking about this sugar-free thing with people because the first thing they always say is, well, does that mean I can't drink? So... Here's my answer. (laughs) Normally, when people are sick or miserable or depressed or have mental issues with a long list of things that candida can exacerbate and make worse, first thing I do is tell them to give up the cheese and the milk in their life. Because nine out of ten times I know that with most, most humans, that's like an immediate place that I can trace it to in their diet. I mean, it's a lot of other places, but nine out of 10 times, that's where I can trace it with most humans. And that's the quickest thing. If I tell them don't eat no sugar and dairy until you're better, that'll be a huge difference for them. But lately, I've been coming across a lot of people who are like, oh, I don't really eat cheese. I don't really eat a lot of sugar. Oh, I really don't drink milk. And people say that and then they think they're doing something. But I would be remiss if I didn't tell you. And if you don't eat no bread, you don't eat no cheese, you don't eat no, like, you don't drink no milk, you don't eat no ice cream, you don't even put salad dressings on your food. Matter of fact, you're a vegetarian. But you swill wine, you throw back, you know, beers, or you're, like, consuming large amounts of alcohol, that candida is having a heyday in your body because that is a huge sugar intake. Now, I don't, I don't, 
that's the right word abstain y'all I'm such a square I don't even know how to call it like I don't even know that's why I was like 10 steps or 12 steps I've never been an alcoholic I've never had an issue with alcohol because I'm a lightweight I get drunk easily and I just can't be doing that I can't do that in public I barely want to go in public let alone being drunk in public and so I don't drink like that usually socially if it's a party okay I'm toasting champagne with y'all if somebody makes me a mixed drink I'll be sipping on it for the rest of the evening so I don't have that issue. So I'm not making light of it for anybody else. I understand everybody has their thing. But I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that as easy as it seems for me, and I don't ever get sick, and I don't have these skin issues, and my hair is thick, and candida is like really, really non-existent with me now, I don't drink like that. So this is an area that I don't ever really talk about but y'all, Lee is just a walking, breathing example right now. She didn't even realize it, y'all. She was like me. She used to have bronchitis like clockwork. Stop drinking. That's the only thing really major that we even can describe it to, Lee. Can you think of any other reason why I just went away? Uh, no, I really can't. Any other major diet changes? Like, I know you don't really eat cheese and dairy like that or whatever, but did you stop eating anything else like majorly over the past couple of years? Mm, not that I can think of y'all so I'm just saying you're sick or struggling you know emotionally mentally whatever and you're not an alcoholic maybe cut back on the alcohol that you're consuming because that can be affecting you even if you're not a quote-unquote alcoholic Consuming large amounts of alcohol can definitely affect you mentally, not just when you're drinking. So just look at that. And a lot of times people think that only alcoholism is only people who can't help but to drink all the time or they drink too much when they too do drink or whatever. But it's affecting you, too, if you regularly, you know, drink on the weekends or with dinner or with family and friends, festivities, parties, but certainly just at this holiday season where there's a lot of drinking going on. Be mindful, you know. If you're not going to stop or cut back, make sure that you're flushing a whole lot of water while you're doing it. Even if you're like me and you only have one drink here and there, make sure you're flushing a whole lot of water. Because if you wake up randomly with a snotty nose and you can't figure out why, I guarantee you that's it. That's the it. So you can deprive yourself of all the food groups and don't eat anything else. But if you're swilling alcohol, you're defeating the whole purpose of what we're talking about. So sorry to dampen rain on everybody's parade with that one, but I, I'd be wrong if I didn't throw that out there. <laughs> no, I hear you. Yeah. So sorry, y'all. Okay, I'm going to change the subject. I know y'all didn't want to hear that one. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> okay. So um, there's all kinds of new um, these party drinks that are non-alcoholic have you seen these i've seen them they got these cute little names to them and all that i was like mm, sound like a soda to me uh, yeah exactly i, I mean <laughs> i mean seriously though why you can't just order seltzer water or why you can't just drink lemonade or drink some hot tea or coffee or why do I have to have a new made in 2019 specialty drink that costs extra money just so I can look cool around my friends that are drinking just because I don't drink how about I just say I don't want none yeah exactly exactly and you know sometimes 
like even if it tastes or smells remotely like alcohol, I can't do it. Oh, see, so you don't even want any of the um, little virgin drinks, fake alcohol, that kind of stuff. No, I I picked up one of those, you know, those water flavor things you squeeze into a bottle of water. Oh yeah, think, girl, that's aspartame. Uh uh-uh, uh, that's aspartame. That, that's yeah, it. is it? I think it's it's Mio that made it. They had a peach Bellini flavor, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I didn't think anything about it. I like peach. And mm-hmm. this is before I, I read up on aspartame and pitched mm-hmm. everything I had with it out the window. Mm-hmm. Put it in a bottle of water, shook it up, smelled it, and immediately threw it out. Yep. It's disgusting. Yeah, I was like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. This this smells like this smells like alcohol. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Y'all, if you consume aspartame. You need to do what she just now said, pitch it out the window. Now, if you notice on most things, I'm not that extreme. I, I, I do go to people's houses and dump all their milk out, but I haven't told y'all to do that yet. Um, <laughs> not yet. But with aspartame, you literally need to throw it all out. It would be like um, how when they have recalls, which is mind-blowing they don't have a recall like this, but you know when they have recalls because they found out that there's poison in something, they need to recall everything with aspartame in it because they've been knowing it's poison. It's rat poison. It's literally rat poison. So if you're chewing gum with aspartame in it, and most gum does have aspartame in it, if you're drinking diet sodas with aspartame in them and all, if you're doing the sweeteners, um, all that kind of stuff, y'all, never mind eating healthy. Like, you might as well just sugar yourself to death. Why would you trade sugar for poison? Exactly. Why would you do that? You trade one kind of poison for another kind of poison. It's ridiculous. Like anybody who is drinking diet sodas and and all this uh, sugar-free gum and all that for health reasons, you are shooting yourself in the foot. Please stop and please stop right now. Oh, speaking of poisons, we should take a break because when I come back, I'm really gonna make everybody mad. I'm gonna, um, we're gonna take a break right here. Can we take oh, a break. Sweet. Yeah, we should okay. definitely take a break. We gotta get prepped for this. Okay. I'm Janice, author of Burning Out Embers and The Birth Crisis, and you're listening to The Living Sugar-Free Lifestyle Show with Andre in the Morning. Welcome back, and thank you again for joining us. Thank you for sticking with us, me and my co-host, Lee Grissom, on this episode of The Living Sugar-Free Lifestyle Show, Business Wellness. And um, we have talked about a lot of different stuff, y'all, and before the break, I was going to bring up something, but I figured I was going to back after the break, so we definitely got to talk about it, girl. <sighs> so, I was in one of my groups. I ain't going to say, no, I ain't going to say what group it was, because I don't put nobody on blast. But I got to know if this is a black thing or not, or if it's just a country American thing. You ever heard of people putting bleach in their dishwater or bath water? In their bath water? No. But you heard of people putting it in their dishwater? Uh, I, I've never done that, and I've never known anybody who has. You ain't heard of that either. Uh-uh. 
Okay, so damn show not in your dishwater and definitely not in your bathwater. I was going to say, who would do that? Because why? Because for what? Like, what the, like, you're supposed to wear gloves when you handle bleach. Why would you bathe in it? Uh, yeah. Lee, I think that through some sick, twisted, systemic racial abuse probably way back I don't know how old Clorox is but I mean hell the the chlorica whatever the the whatever the generic term for chlorine bleach is has been around for quite a while right and I wouldn't be surprised if through some sick twisted systemic racist thing stemming from slavery that somebody was scrubbing some little black children with bleach to the point where people started doing that and doing it to their kids and thinking that that was some kind of normal way to wash yourself or to clean your plates and stuff. Because people do it to the point where it's like a common thing, like shock when you don't do it to the point where you're in a group with hundreds of people talking about it. To the point where when I said it to my sister, my own sister, who, of course, is older than me, so she's experienced a lot more stuff than I have. And from way back in the day, remembers more stuff than I do. It's like, yeah, Andrea, a lot of black folks do that. She's like, I don't do it, but a lot of people do that. I was like, what? 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 Yeah, yeah, wait, what? What? Yeah. Now, let's talk about some stuff because we talk about bias and we talk about systemic this and racism and, you know, social, racial issues and, you know, all this stuff and change and all this kind of stuff we talk about. Mm -hmm. But until everybody is aware of the fact that a lot of black people think that they're supposed to put bleach in their bathwater, we ain't coming towards no kind of racial equality because black people are being poisoned systemically. I'm still trying to pick my jaw up. I can't, that's amazing. Now, now I'm really flabbergasted. I was flabbergasted enough when I read it. Now, if I tell you the group that this conversation was in, then you'll really be picking your mouth up off the floor because it's an educated group of people. Right. With good jobs and money. <laughs> So people who work on Capitol Hill and at the White House and in Hollywood and wherever else think that they're supposed to be putting bleach in their bathwater and in their dishwater. Wow. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me. Yeah, we might need to end the show on that one. Huh? <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, not, not much renders me speechless, but that did it. Uh... <laughs> I might need to play this. I might need to send the link to this one dude who got mad at me because I was pleading with him for all that is good in this world. If you have children, especially, please stop eating bleach because that's what you're doing. If you're putting in your dishwater, you eat bleach. And if you're taking a bath in it, you basically doing a steam aromatherapy of bleach, sucking it all up in your pores. I said, please, God, brother. I said, put brother in there. I said, please stop. He got mad at me. <laughs> he got mad at me. Wow. 
I can't talk about nothing else ever. What's the point? Why should I talk to you about your diet? Why should I talk? Why, why, why should we be talking about what you're going to eat? And if it's safe to go to the doctor, why should we talk about Monsanto and whatever the hell else conspiracy? And then your ass is going to go get in the tub and bathe in some hot water with some bleach and go eat it on your dishes. Uh, yeah. I... <laughs> eat all the aspartame you want to eat all the milk and all the cheese and sugar. Just eat all the poisons. Go ahead. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you got me. I'm baffled on that one. I didn't know. I didn't know. Because sometimes, Lee, stuff will happen, and I'll say stuff, and I'll be like, well, you know, such and such and such in the black community. And and then the person I'm talking to, they'll be like, no, Andrea, that's not just a black thing. White people do that, too. And I'm like, oh, okay. So with this thing, you kind of country like I'm country. You know what I'm saying? If this is some country thing that people do, then my country, Texas sister, you're going to be like, yeah, I've seen people do that before. But she was like, I ain't never seen no shit like that in my life. No. <laughs> no, that's that's an official oh. what the hell. Because, <sighs> oh, you know, they always talking about the foods that we eat, like the southern food that is... Um, way back from slavery and it was like old like scraps that were given to the slaves and now this food has become like a southern you know soul food delicacy and they're like oh y'all need to stop eating that but for what you bathing in, in bleach you eat, <laughs> eat all the scraps <laughs> eat all the pork eat all the salt eat all the sugar eat it all snort cocaine while you at it because <laughs> You're bathing in bleach. Wow. Yep. That's like abuse to children, I think. If you bathe, making your kids bathe in bleach, that's abuse. You might not know that that's abuse, but that's abuse. Because if you made me put my body in some bleach, I could only begin to imagine how my skin would be on fire. Like even, I don't even, I don't clean with bleach. Okay, period. I don't buy bleach, period at all, because that stuff is poison. Okay, so I'm not going to that extreme, y'all. I understand some people don't believe that the germs are gone unless they bleach them, whatever. That's a, a American uh, marketing thing that people have bought and sold, but whatever. Um, I don't use it. There's plenty of other antibacterial, antimicrobial elements in this world besides things that are made in, in a laboratory. But when someone has thought that they were being clever or smart and like washed all the laundry and like washed my sheets for me and put bleach on them or I can smell it. If I ever have been like somewhere like, oh, I'm on the cleaning crew at church or wherever else. Oh, all they got is these bleach. It makes my hands burn. I like really have to wear gloves when I deal with bleach. So I couldn't begin to imagine submerging my whole body in it. Well, I couldn't imagine a bath with it and you're you're breathing the fumes into your lungs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, ma'am. That's a thing. <laughs> I should go back over there <laughs> in the group and be like, by the way, my white friend said. <laughs> yeah, you, you got me on you got me on that one. And I mean I was born the one town over from here and it's just about as country as you get i have never heard of such yep because apparently little black kids are so dirty that they gotta bathe in bleach wow and the place 
and the, and the plates that they eat off of got to be bleached. I mean, I, I it, it's so obvious how that came about and where that came from. You know what I mean? That's so obviously, duh. But why are we still doing it in 2019? Somebody help me understand that one. I don't know. I don't either. Mm. We trying to bathe in black soap and shea butter and nuts and berries. Why are people still bathing in bleach? <laughs> oh, God. I can't even imagine. Jesus have mercy. It was like one of those toilet paper debates. You know how they have the debates where they're like, which way do you put the toilet paper on? It was like one of those kind of things. And so the girl was like, something about your bleach in your dishwater, now go. Because she knew that it was about to be a back and forth. But I was looking like, seriously? Is this, hmm? Really? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Wow. Wow. Oh, uh-uh. I know where it was. That wasn't even it. Mm-mm, that wasn't even it. It was one of those wash. Well, we could talk about that too, Miss Lee. It was one of those wash your chicken debates. She said something about washing the chicken, something blasphemy, something, something, now go. And then one of the very first comments said, y'all mean to tell me, <laughs> y'all don't, worse than, oh, it was even worse than what I said, Lee. It was worse, because I forgot about this part. Y'all mean to tell me y'all don't have a spray bottle with bleach in it next to your sink? So it was a conversation about washing turkey. Ew. That means you put bleach in your water when you're washing your meat. And when I asked my sister about it, she told me that when she was in Georgia doing this dinner thing, because, you know, she worked in the hair industry with a bunch of these snobby ladies and they was doing that. And they was looking at her like she was crazy. Like, you mean you don't? Ugh. Uh, ugh no, uh-uh. So worse than what I said, it's worse than just washing your dishes in it. You like put bleach on your food that you're about to cook. Oh, sure. Let's eat it while we're at it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And let's cook it. Let's let's put it on some extreme temperature too while we're at it. Let's oh, cook sure. it up. Cause we, let's cook up some bleach. Yeah. <laughs> Girl. Oh God, I have to laugh, but ugh. Yeah, but I what I I asked the guy. I was like, "What is on my body or on a plate that I ate off of that I need bleach to kill?" Like what, what is on my skin? What is, what is on me anywhere? I, I'm not rolling around in a, in a pig pit or with some like infectious disease. What, what is on my body that I need to kill with bleach? Seriously. Like that's like some self-hatred or something. It's gotta be something. God, get somebody you know to, you know, if, you, if it's that bad, get somebody to spank you. Damn. Right. There's a whole little sect of people that is doing bleaching of autistic kids because some kind of way they believe it's going to cure the autism. So I absolutely can see how, how black people started thinking they were supposed to bathe and bleach probably the same way. But I was like, mm, yeah, let y'all have that. I guess if y'all gonna be bathing in bleach, y'all don't want to hear nothing about my little all-natural tea tree oil products I got going over here. Right. Because you... <laughs> Woo, ain't nothing a little tea tree oil and peppermint won't cure. Hmm. Amen. Amen. It ain't no joke. If you put pure peppermint on your skin, it'll burn a hole in it almost, just like garlic. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to burn a hole in my skin. I'd rather do it with garlic, not bleach. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Huh. Okay, so I got that question answered, Lee. The next question is, when are we going to be reading Eden 1? Oh, wow. Uh, like a year or like? You know, I've been struggling for the last few months, and I'm behind. I really am. I'm, But I'm going to step out on faith because I'm talking to you, and I know you've got my back. I'm going to say next summer. Ooh. You heard it you here first, the, folks. <laughs> you mean the summer of 2020? Yes. Oh, how excitingly. Which means I know what I'm doing for the rest of tonight and when nobody's looking at work for the rest of my <laughs> from now yeah. until then. Well, y'all heard it here, folks. Eden won 2020. How about that? That'll work. Tell nobody she said the summer of 2020. We just gonna tell everybody else 2020. Okay. Okay. We'll go with yeah. We'll go with that. We don't look. Yeah. If my editors, yeah, if my editors listening, just 2020, because I can hear her clicking her pen. (laughs) I bet your editor's job is easy. Oh God, I love that woman. She is absolutely a godsend. Feel like your editor is probably like oh this is my easiest client like you like when you write it probably just flows out and it's like already good when you give it to her I still have the first email she sent me when I sent a sample because she she bases her rates based on how much help you need mm-hmm. you know if you need grammar you know some grammar or punctuation tweaks here and there she doesn't charge very much and if you absolutely suck out loud she'll charge a little more mm-hmm. well she charged me her lowest rate well see i knew that i knew that because i mean you're an appreciator of literature and an appreciator of the arts so you have a good command you know of um literary writing and you're smart and you're very conversational in real life and in writing you know some people are really really smart but they can't write for the sake of um being conversational right right so you have this sort of balance of being smart and kind of having a scientific brain where you can understand all these various sort of crazy concepts and things that you think up and dream up. But at the same time, you can tell a story and keep people engaged. That's like you were born to do this because that's just kind of the nature of who you are. And I mean, I'm one, so I can say that. I mean, this I always knew I was going to be a writer, even during the times where I fell off from doing it and didn't do it. You know, we always, you know, knew that we were going to be writers. And so my little weird obsessive of special interest, if you will, is like kind of noticing certain patterns and and talents in people. And that's something that I see um, across a certain archetype of person, Um, people who are polymath and sort of like a, a cross between people who are really good at whatever technical 
or administrative type thing that they're good at, but they also sort of have this weird, creative, musical, artistic brain. It's a unique combination that makes for really, really good storytelling. I hope I can pull this one off because this one's going to be big. Girl, please pull it off. It's going to be the bomb. I can't wait. Well, I mean, what? I've read like five excerpts from it already and I'm salivating. Well, thank you. Yes. I mean, and, and the way that you bring the characters to life, I think probably is not only entertaining for the audience, but I imagine also too sort of food for your creativity. Is it not? It, it is, it is. I, uh, I have had many a time sitting at the computer when a character will pop up and my first question is, well, who the hell are you? Mm. That is too funny, Lee, because the story is taken on a life of its own. It's beyond you. It, it really has. It really has. Uh, I mean, a new one showed up, I think it was last week. And I was like, okay, uh, who are you and what do you want? Right. So then here comes another character sketch. And, you know, maybe I'll need him, maybe I won't, but he's there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the way you are, the way that you write on such a um, multimedia level, I guess, maybe he'll just stay around for some short stories or to sort of be a backbone for the book, but maybe not even make it into the book because you've got your, you've got this sort of, uh, what's the term for it? I, I can only ever think to say what Marvel calls it, which is Marvel Cinematic Universe, but what is, what is the term for that? Just worlds, uh, um, creating worlds or whatever? I, I think so. I think it's, that sounds good. So, well, we in Team Carrie's world and, <laughs> you know, and when you're creating these worlds, I mean, it's multi, multi-dimensional in real life. I don't mean multi-dimensional within the story, but I mean multi-dimensional as in you're engaging with people on Twitter, you're writing books, you're doing audio, you're thinking about a movie, you know, you're answering questions, there's swag, there's, you know, it's, it's multidimensional, you know, so the story begins to spin off all of these whole other things that may or may not even be part of the book. You know, there, it very, it may not be, and this new one in particular, though, he may show up in the fourth one. Mm. See? I'm so proud of you. You're already thinking about the fourth book. Do we have a title for the fourth one already? We so very much do not. Okay. okay. <laughs> when when I realized how Eden One is supposed to end, my my first reaction was, ah, crap. There's a fourth book. Yeah, that's so cute. Um, but uh, I mean, end good ending or not, you I think you might be like a obligated to this thing after you know after another year or so like I mean can it not just be an ongoing thing you know there I'm not gonna say no because I intended to write one book you know mm. I was gonna write the first one and put it to rest and that crazy bitch won't leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so you mean to tell me when you wrote KLS nine, like, did you not have an intention to write Saber six until I, you I got to the end or until you were already finished? Until I reached the end and realized it was open, that's when I knew the next one was coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I decided at the beginning that I was going to do three a three-part series because I felt like if I did it, I might not ever get around to the other two. Like, I felt like that that was a good way to obligate myself and keep myself focused, but also to remember that I got to leave it open and be working towards that, you know, because then you'll have content as you're going where you're like, okay, this will be in the second one or whatever to sort of make it easier for myself to actually get around to writing because it's already been such a huge undertaking. I know it's going to be a huge undertaking that I was like, when I get finished with this, like you said, I'm going to be ready to put this puppy to rest and I might not ever want to do it again, (laughs) you know? So I kind of was like, okay, let me, set myself up for the third and and the the second and the third one but i don't know if it's gonna work out like that we'll see well i i mean i'm absolutely baffled uh you know i've heard other interviews from other authors that oh well i have eight books planned i have nine books planned great i don't know that the next one's coming till i'm done with the one i'm on yeah that's pretty impressive. Not even so much the ability to do it, but the ability to obligate yourself in that manner. Yeah, I'm I'm complete, you know, I'm completely in awe. I like I I hope I can make this interesting for 9 books, but I'll settle for 4. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm thinking, like, I might have to go, I might run out of things to say on this particular thing and have to go in a whole other direction before I got to eight. Yeah, I know, I know. Hmm. I wish I could think of something that was open-ended enough to, to think to write eight books on, though. I don't know, I, I'm going to think of something. Yeah, I, I wish I could, too. Like, I, I remember finishing up Saber and looking at the end of the, the very last page and going, crap, this one's open. I've been thinking about doing something like that, but it wouldn't be fiction. Only like with my nonfiction stuff, like um, I've been thinking about a living sugar free book series that's similar to like, I mean, not similar, but the only thing I could compare it to is like a for dummies or a chicken soup for soul kind of thing where it's like a self-help how to tips and life pack maybe type thing that'd be cool on various topics but fiction wise i don't know if i could do it Mm -mm. i don't know if i could keep a story going for eight books i don't know that might be fun just to do as a challenge you know or you could do like i do start on one and see where the hell you end up girl right (laughs) really even though i'm saying i'm planning three I'm not doing it in the sense that you're thinking. It's really sort of a a, a reflection, a repeat reflection type of thing. Ah, oh, I got you. Mm-hmm. Time forward, time backwards sort of thing. Oh, okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wait, haven't I been here before? So, yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm not, yeah, three whole story. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, I highly respect that. I, um, that that's pretty awesome and amazing. I um, I'm just I just trying to get through this first one, girl. I I just trying to get through this first one. Whew. Well, you know I got your back just like you've got mine. I know I can't wait to share with you. I might get through the next chapter and then I might send you some to read. Um, you guys, if you have books that you want to promote or books that you need to be read, you can send them on our way. And somebody in our little crew around here that's not writing in the process of something too deep to read will read your book for you. I know for a fact that there's a couple of people who are thinking about doing good book clubs. Um, a couple of our friends have started book clubs. There's like a lot of um, ways that uh, people in the writing community, you know, will read your content and help give you feedback. Don't send it to me because I might not have time to read it. So I'm just saying, you know, since we said that, because we're like being like, you know, the buddy team here. But just be mindful that there are people who really read more than they write and that um, are really awesome with their reviews and, and feedback and all that. And we can definitely help you and get some people to read your book for you. Yeah. So, uh yeah, what else do we need to talk about here today before we let the people go? Um, it's a wonder that we just didn't get on here and just laugh hysterically because it's the holidays, y'all. And I don't know. I think we pretty much eat every dead horse that we can think of. We came up with a couple today that we hadn't talked about before, though. So those were good. That's but, true. And I think we behaved. I think we behaved yeah, pretty well. Yeah, we behaved pretty well. We didn't cut up too bad. Yeah, so, I'm, yeah. Proud, I'm proud of us. I am too. Shoot. <laughs> we gotta let the people go. So you guys, uh, Lee will be back with us maybe again before the new year. Uh, but if not, definitely in the new year before the uh, new book comes out. If y'all have questions for Lee, be sure to shoot them over to us. Follow her please on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm not on my game today. I can't call your Twitter, your Twitter handles. I is critic something, but I can't remember which one is which. Uh, Twitter is I am the critic. Mm-hmm. And Instagram is Instagram is the critic underscore 44. I have got to get that changed and get it in line with it with Twitter. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, you guys follow her. And then you can also go to LeeGrissom.com and read, read some of her short stories that are awesome. Um, after you read, you guys, if you've already read KLS 9 and Saber 6, there's a short story that you definitely need to go read that's a spinoff. Um, it's so much fun, you guys. It's just so much fun being part of Team Carrie. So to definitely go check it out. Uh, let us know if you've read them. Um, share a review. Share your comments. Uh, and if you send us a shout out here on Anchor, um, we'll get it on the air and we'll play it. Um, so we definitely want to hear from you, hear your feedback and share with us what you want us to talk more about. Anything else for the people, Lee? I think we're good. We're good. All right, y'all. So we'll talk soon, y'all. And um, we'll be back on Friday for Lifestyle Wellness with. Mm, I don't know. Sorry, y'all. We'll be back with somebody on Friday for Lifestyle Wellness. (laughs) (laughs) I'll post it in the introduction and in the comments. Don't laugh at me, y'all. It's the holidays. I'm ready to go eat some pie. It's going to be awesome. Yes, I'm going to eat some apple pie, y'all, because it's so good. And it's, like, made with oatmeal and all natural stuff. And it's really yummy. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we'll be back soon. And Lee will be back with us very soon. You guys have a safe and fun week. Don't work too hard. It's the holidays. Go easy on your employees. Go easy on yourself. And uh, send us a shout out and let us know how much you appreciate it. Hanging out with uh, my sweetie pie, Lee Grissom. Talk to you soon.